0: Welcome to the Revival Center Podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and thoughts from our church. We hope you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Revival Center Podcast. We're so glad that you're here joining us again today. And if this is your first time, welcome. We're so glad to have you here on the podcast. Make sure that you go ahead, hit that subscribe button. That's the best way that you can keep up to date with everything that's going on. Whether that be our sermons or our revival talk series, a devotion like you're hearing today, all of that will be available to you. We really appreciate all of our listeners. We appreciate you being a part of our recent series on leadership. I tell you, we thoroughly enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed doing the devotion last week, just in a a thought, and a memory of my great-grandmother talking about legacy, talking about how are we building our lives on legacy. And I have another devotion this week. Um, we'll get into a, another series here coming up shortly, but I've just wanted to do a few devotions here um, of the past two weeks. Um, today is really cu- based off of uh, some reading that I have been doing. Um, I'm, I've been reading the book, um, When Revival Tarries, um by Leonard Ravenhill. Or excuse me, I said When Revival Tarries. Why Revival terries. Um, by Leonard Ravenhill And, you know, I haven't read the whole book I'm only on, uh, I believe, chapter 4 right now So I'm only a little bit in But I tell you, it's been so convicting It's been so, um, it's it's kind of a a tough read Not for the reasons of it being hard to understand or anything like that But uh, he doesn't pull any punches He certainly doesn't pull any punches And um, the first few chapters, he's really focusing in on prayer on the the importance of prayer of the harms of prayerlessness of just you know how we in our current culture now he wrote this book um I think it's probably fifty years ago looks like now, so um it is a little dated in maybe some of its references and things but you know i I always say with with older books the the references may not be what they are today, but the human heart is still the same. Uh, <laughs> you know, it uh, might not be exactly, exactly like what we're going through now, but for the most part, uh, the human heart is the same. And so um, I, it's been most instructive for me, and so I'm looking forward to continuing to read the book. But today we're going to talk about that idea of, of prayerlessness, of the importance of prayer, of why we need to do this, of why maybe we aren't. Doing it, and uh, and what what we can do to change that, and how we can approach prayer, I, and, and to be to be quite honest, um, throughout my life, um, prayer has been something that I've really had to strive for. Um, it's not something that necessarily has come natural to me of of spending uh, a lot of time in prayer. Um, it's not been something that it was just boom, automatic. And I think that's the same for a lot of people. Um, And I think one of the problems is that we say, oh, it's just not automatic, but we don't ever grow in our prayer life. We don't cultivate our prayer life. And that's what we really have to do. We can't just say, oh, I'm not a prayer warrior. That's for somebody else. It's that, you know, there are people who we might refer to as quote-unquote prayer warriors, those who are, are naturally inclined towards prayer, who have the gift of prayer, who have a heart birthed by the Holy Spirit to intercede for people. Um, and that those, I believe, can be very specific people. I don't think everybody uh, necessarily can has that deep uh, heart for intercession. I think we should all intercede. Don't get me wrong, but I'm talking about um, people who spend um, – hours and hours and hours a day um, interceding. Now, I do think that that is worthwhile. I don't think we should say, oh, well, that's not my gifting, so I'm not going to pursue it. That's not what I'm saying. But I don't think everybody is going to necessarily be an intercessor in that way. But I think if you are a Christian, if you proclaim to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, then you will have a consistent prayer life. And I know that that can be – difficult for a lot of people, because for a lot of people, we don't have consistent prayer lives. So I want to start with a verse um, to kind of set this this up, and then I'm going to give a quote um, from Why Revolutaries by Leonard Ravenhill. So the verse that I'm going to reference is in uh, the epistle First 1 John, uh, chapter 5, verse 14. And uh, I... I I want to go with this verse because I think that this is so important when we talk about prayer, um, because I think this sets up the entirety of how we approach it. And starting in verse 14, it says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And so when we look at prayer, when we look at going to the Lord, when we look at, Uh, You know, obviously, uh, this is talking about asking something of God, and prayer is not always asking something of God. Prayer can be um, thanksgiving, it can be thankfulness, it can be um, just uh, praise. There can be so many different aspects of prayer, not just requests. Um, But we are confident when we look at this verse, we look at when we go to the Lord, when we talk to the Lord, when we are. Asking him according to his will, when we are um, pursuing after him, he hears us, and I think that is that is so important. That is a that is a wonderful foundation of any time that we're talking about prayer, is that we have to understand that God hears us, and uh, we'll go into a, a, a few reasons why I think that we are prayerless, and I think that's one of the reasons, and I'll talk about it in a minute. But I want to I want to do this quote. Uh, this is from the beginning of chapter 2. It's on page 23, if you are interested in referencing this book, Why Revival Terries, by Leonard Ravenhill. And uh, yeah, I'm going to start reading this this brief quote here. It says, No man is greater than his prayer life. The pastor who is not praying is playing. The people who are not praying are straying. The pulpit cannot be a shop window to display one's talents. The prayer closet allows no showing Off. Now, obviously, his focus here in this chapter is mostly on pastors. The next chapter, chapter 3, he talks a little bit more about people who are sitting in the pews. But the the essence and the the general um, goal and desire is the same, that we must have a prayer life. I love that first sentence. No man or woman, of course, is greater than their prayer life. No one is greater than their prayer life. And I think it's so important. And he talks about here the pulpit can be a shop window to display one's talents. I think sometimes in the church today, um, especially in the church culture that we have here in the West, um, it it has become over the past, man, 50, 60 years, um, uh, it's been a progressive. Thing. it hasn't just all of a sudden happened I think sometimes people feel maybe as though it's been it's a recent phenomena of of china kind of the consumer church culture um, of people just coming and kind of you know, what we call church shopping you know um, does this have everything that I want you know somebody walking in does this meet my needs um, and that being the number one priority and I think I think what that can do I mean you look uh, Leonard Ravenhill uh, writing this. He's not writing this in 2020. You know, he's writing this. Uh, you know, many years ago. Of that, the idea that the the pulpit becomes a means of display and of 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 talent and of um, showing how great you are. You know, this is obviously a pa- what a pastor would do. You know, and and you think, oh, well, that's terrible on the pastor. And I completely agree. But I think it also is a is a reflection of what the desire of the congregation is, right? There's there's some give and take right there that obviously if the pastor was doing that and no one in the congregation wanted that, then he wouldn't do it because he would be without a job. But if that's the in, implicit and the tacit uh, desire of the congregation is to be wowed um, in the pulpit, then the that's what the pastor is going to seek. And so... I think here that's a, that's a very important uh, aspect to look at, and the thing is is that w- what I'm getting at here, why I'm, I'm emphasizing this on the talk of prayer, is because when we see things on platforms, and it could not even just be the raised platform of a church, right, but any platform, whether that be the platform of the ministry we're serving in, whether that be the platform of our talents, of our giftings, of what we're doing, of our success— any of those platforms can be, I guess you could say, sexy, can be good to look at. That they, they, they can be attractive for people to watch what you're doing. Um, people may gather around. You know, you can see this. <laughs> um, you know, there are times when there are pianos in public places, and someone who is a talented pianist will sit down at the piano and, play an incredible you know, Beethoven symphony or, or something like that, uh, a sonata, and everybody gathers around because the view of what they're doing is attractive, right? There's this pull to it. You can do that and attract attention. But in our, I guess you could say, attention economy – that we have with social media with with likes and comments and shares and all these things is that prayer is not one of those attractional things. You don't have people coming up to you if they saw you kneeling down praying. They're not going to say, "Wow, let me watch this person, let me let me let me see what they're doing," you know. I mean, maybe you might have a little bit, but it's not the same. And so that's what Ravenhill is getting at here is that there's no showing off in the prayer closet, that in our prayer life, our prayer life, we are not going to gain any attention and any entertainment value for others in our prayer closet and in having a consistent prayer life. And so, if our lives, first off, are oriented by the way that we are pleasing others and the way that we are trying to be attractional to others, our prayer life will suffer. Because what you value, you put your effort towards. Right? I think we find that as a fact across all of our lives what we value we put our effort towards we you know if you're running a business and you' you value making a profit you're gonna put your efforts towards making a product profit or if you want to make a quality product you're gonna make sure that you are putting forth the required effort to do so Well if we value the the, the pulpit, if we value the stage, if we value the platform, if we value our talents more than we value our growth and communion with God our Father, then we will be prayerless. We will go throughout life prayerless if that's what we value in the church. Now also I think a big reason that we go prayerless is because we don't believe in first John 5:14. Um, and we may say that we believe it and, and we may say, I believe that God hears my prayers, but do we live as though we believe this is the truth? I'm going to say that again. Do we live as though we believe this is the truth? You see, in the church, we have to have doctrine that confirm, is confirmed and confirms our deeds. It is is confirmed by our deeds, and it confirms that our deeds are right. So it's not merely just the point of saying the right things. You know, our doctrine, you may say, yes, I believe that God hears our prayers. But if you don't live that out, are you really believing that God hears your prayers? I don't think so. I don't think so. And so I think that that is so important because if we truly live by 1st John chapter 5 verse 14 when we go to the Lord in prayer if we believe that God exists and we say yes I believe that God exists I believe it is the God of the Bible I believe the God that it is shown in the scriptures the Godhead the trinity father son and holy spirit that that God is revealed in the scriptures and has revealed his character in the scriptures and one of those verses that reveals his character is the verse that we talked about then you're going to live it you're going to pray you're going to say you know what if this god is real and this prayer really reaches him and he and we can have confidence that it does then why would we not pray why would we not pray so we must believe what the scripture says about prayer. And if we don't, we might think we do. But I have this question. If you are somebody who's listening to this podcast and you do not have a consistent prayer life, I want you to really ask yourself the question, do I believe it? Do I believe that prayer works? Do I believe that prayer is what the Bible says it is? Because you may think that you do, but when you really dive deep, when you do that self-examination, when you do that heart inventory, you might not truly believe it. And I would encourage you, dive into the Scriptures. As John Piper said when I was listening to a quote the other day, swim in the Scriptures. Don't just don't just visit it. Swim in it. Be fully engaged because you will see then just how God does answer prayer and has answered prayer all throughout Scriptures and will answer prayer today. So another reason that I think that we end up being prayerless is because we view prayer as a means of escaping bad things or as a purely a means of request. And so that those are tied in together. So um, I, I think that we see this a lot of times in in our lives where uh, people will not pray, they will not care about prayer until they get a diagnosis or or until something bad happens to a family member or until something happens uh, that is out of their control, a job situation, whatever it may be. But then when that moment happens, then they ask for prayer. Then they are engaged in their prayer life personally. Then they are really Saying okay, prayer. I need prayer. I need prayer, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I believe that regardless of whether somebody has a, a a a solid and a vibrant prayer life, when they're going through something that we need to call upon God, we should call upon God. I'm not saying that we should say, oh, well, do you have a real prayer life? No, no, that is not the the way that we should approach that. However. When we're examining ourselves, this this podcast about prayer and prayerlessness is not about examining others; it's about examining ourselves, right? Um, and so, as we examine ourselves, is that how we're doing it? Because I think then we are giving prayer a purpose that the scriptures do not, and not that that's not that that is not a purpose of scripture uh, of prayer in scripture, but it is not the primary purpose of prayer in Scripture. You see, the primary purpose of prayer in Scripture is to be in communion with God. To be in communion with God. Uh, I love this example, and I think that it's a a very uh, pertinent one, is that when people... Let's say you have somebody who is an acquaintance. um, Maybe that you were friends in high school, and now you've graduated 20 years ago, okay? And you don't hear from these people often, but every time you do, you know that there is going to be some request attached. You know that they're asking for money, they're asking for help, they're asking for, you know, some advice or, or whatever. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be bad. It's just there's always a request involved. Well, would you consider those people friends? If you don't hear from them for a very long time, and every time you do, it is all about what they need from you. I think the vast majority of us are saying, no, that's not really a friendship. That's not really a relationship. That's not really a relationship that I would call good or healthy. Well, if that's the way that we treat God, then we have made prayer. We have substituted the beautiful purpose of prayer, which is intimacy with God our Father. With Lord Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, we have we have moved that to the realm of wish fulfillment, of desire fulfillment. So how are we looking at God any different than we're looking at YouTube? What I mean by that is I watch YouTube because I desire to be entertained or I desire to learn. So I do that off of my desire or I scroll Facebook, or I do anything. We we treat God as a commodity, as as a means to our own end, just like we do everything else. We have relegated God to the corner of fulfilling my needs, not relationship. And I think that breeds prayerlessness, especially in our society. Because I'm not saying that nobody goes through difficulty. Uh, Suffering comes to us all in various ways. So, uh, you know, we're not always going to be healthy. We're not always going to have everything we need. But here in the United States, here where we're at, we do have a general prosperity. We do have things here that some people don't have in other parts of the world and what happens is that we if we view god as a means of answering my prayers when i lack if i don't lack i'm not going to pray i mean i think that's that's pretty obvious it's it's the idea that when i'm sick i need a shot so i take a shot i don't go every day <laughs> and just take shots because i you know oh well that's that's a great relationship because that's the way it's designed for right Shots are to help with sickness, with illness. Well, if I, you know, get sick with the flu and take a steroid shot to try to help my body, you know, counteract it, then I'm doing it because I believe that that is what the purpose of it is. Well, if I am only using prayer like a steroid shot, then I am only viewing prayer that way you know if if you use a tool let's just say in a certain way then that's because that's what you believe it's for and so i would i would encourage you look at the pattern of your prayer life and then infer what you think about prayer look at what you how you pray how you approach it and then say what you believe about prayer because of that, not that we say what we believe about prayer and then we just do whatever and then view that as our view of prayer because I think that deceives ourselves. Okay, kind of as a, as a wrap-up, um, I want this to be encouraging. I know this has been kind of tough um, and, and straightforward, But I think we need this conversation. We need these conversations. We need to be honest. If we want to be disciples of Jesus Christ, we must be prayerful people. We must pray to God. We must be in relationship with him. We must care to hear from God because God desires to hear from us. And he will hear from us, especially like First John 5, when we are seeking His will, when we are praying according to His will and His desire, because that's what we are made to do. And so, you know, I, I want to, to leave you with this, that God hears your prayers, that God desires to commune with you, every single person, no matter who is listening to this, God desires to hear from you, God desires to commune with you, And so why are we not then doing it? And if you are praying and you have a great prayer life, I'm so glad. I think that is amazing, and I think that that is commendable. But I would just encourage you to keep pressing in. Keep going forward. Keep going deeper. Keep the the fire going. Don't become complacent. Don't allow the fire that you have now of prayer to be snuffed out just because you think you have it. Always fan the flame. Guard the flame. Um, And I just want to say, you know, God supplies all of our needs according to the glorious riches in Christ Jesus. We know that what we have today is all because of God. So why should we not pray to him now? not when we feel like we've lost something. And I want to encourage you, don't be pulled in by the culture. Don't be pulled in by the excuses that we don't have time or that we, well, that's just not my thing. That That is not a valid, those neither of those are valid excuses in the kingdom of God. We must seek the Lord. We must be people of prayer. And the thing is, prayer, Prayer time is not wasted time. Prayer time is not wasted time. I would encourage you, if you are here in the area, I know the timing is not the best for everyone, but especially if you are retired or if you're off on Tuesdays, we do have a Tuesday morning prayer at 10 a.m. here at our church. you don't have to obviously be at the church to join in with us. You can pray from where you're at, um, and uh, and the Lord hears you. You don't have to be at a prayer meeting, but if you are able to come to our prayer meeting, um, we talk about the needs that are happening in our community, lift them up, and pray. So um, I would encourage you to come on Tuesdays, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Um, if you are available. Like I said, I know that doesn't work for everybody. But no matter where you are, you could be listening to this if you come to church here or you may be listening to this from all around the world. Make sure that you're praying and that your life is marked by prayer because that's when revival of our spirit of, of who we are happens. That's when we are at our best spiritually. That's when the Lord does his work in us is when we are are praying and are seeking His face. So, I I just want to thank you. Thank you so much for all that you have uh, done here as far as listening, as far as subscribing. We appreciate every single person who listens to the podcast. We'd love your feedback. If you are enjoying it, please let let us know. Please send us an email. Please talk to us if you see us in person, um, because we really uh, pray that this is making a difference in your life. And so um, hit that subscribe button. Thank you all so very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.